millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, and welcome to Going Off Track. Hello. What's up? Hey. Joined by Brad, Stephen, and Stephen. Look at that. Can you say it so that it sounds different? Steve. <laughs> he does a PH, he which a is PH. not really a V, but it is a nice, it's a nice indicator of how stupid the English language is. It's true. Because, you know, it's, it would be Stephen, because you say phone, and that's a PH, but no, this time it's a V, just because... I have to deal with deal with this. With do you find this with your kids when you're trying to teach them how to read? I'm infuriated, dude. It's literally like I want to start a revolution against the English language. My, I have to tell my kids, yes, that is stupid. Every night, yeah, every night. My the, my kids' kindergarten teachers bless them. They allowed the kids <laughs> to they, they allowed them to write everything phonetically, phonetically, yeah, phonetically, yeah. And to the point, where my daughter was like. But they still- why is there a C in city? And I'm like, do you want to know why? Why? <laughs> I don't know. It's dumb. Um, and speaking of this episode, it was recorded the same day we recorded with Steven Steven. Yes. Where we oh. talk about this topic extensively. <laughs> Did we really? Too extensively, maybe. <laughs> uh, but, uh, and yeah, and this this episode, as as this happens semi-regularly... Got- Can we do an episode on the English language and spelling? Oh my God, please. Uh, this episode got sort of... Uh, mixed up um but uh this is an episode we wanted to do for a while it's remember that we recorded this a while ago so we're it's with jeff rickley from thursday um you may know from you know from this podcast from this podcast <laughs> me and him played in band together um he does pr stuff he contributes to the talk house jeff is um you know very very um prolific guy and we did this a while ago so this was right before the thursday reunion shows uh the reunion tour, which I went to two shows of. It was great. Was it exceptional? It was very good. Oh, they never saw it. It was them with Touche Amore and Basement. And uh, so this was before that. And then they just went out with, and they, they just went out with Me Without You and did a week of dates, um, which seemed to have gone well. So yeah, so we talk a little bit about the lead up to those shows. They already happened. So if we're talking about a tour that's coming up, it already happens. It already happened. Um, and I don't know what they have planned now, but um, you never know. I mean, mm-hmm. So let's go like back the, to the past. So let's go back to the past, um, and let's uh, let's get into it with friend of the podcast, Jeff Rickley. It's going off track! 
Sherlock Snodsky. <laughs> He's good. He's good. When, when is the last time, Jeff, you were on Going Off Track? I feel like it was a very long time ago. It's been a bit. I feel like it's been at least two or three years. Back when you guys were at the other digs. Other place. And then we did one with you and Jeremy, I think. Oh, yeah. That one was amazing. Yeah. Because Jeremy is incredible. Yes. Is Jeremy like the nicest guy in music? He's like the nicest and most knowledgeable. We're talking. We're not talking about Jeremy Ball, though. Um, no, no, yeah, Jeremy from uh, Temporary. Yeah, oh. they're both very nice they and very knowledgeable. Nice. I don't yes. know yeah. that human. Yes, he's a good guy. <laughs> he's incredible. So it's been a bit. Yeah, I, think I mean, I, you have a different haircut. I do. I do. I'm trying. <laughs> it looks something. good. I like I'm it. Trying. I have a much like different it. haircut. You do. I had a mustache for a while. No longer. Yeah. Excellent. I didn't mean to be. Tying back my hair while you guys Benny's showing off his luscious locks. Shall I, let I her know down? you look let good. Her let her down. Let her down. Let her down. Let her down. Get yeah. Get I, if you can't hear Benny after this, it's because the I just saw from Dust Till Dawn too. So you're like bringing me back. Oh, um, I'm going. Wait, wait. Who's that? Banderas? No. Um, I've been told Danny I was Trejo, like Benicio right? Yeah, Danny Trejo. Trejo oh, yeah, Danny Trejo. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely Danny Trejo. I've more often heard Danny Trejo. <laughs> I wish, I wish, I've been told Benicio, <laughs> but I also... I, wish, I just went from Antonio Banderas to Benicio <laughs> Del Toro to Danny Trejo. But your face, your face registered at all. I wish people could see the way you're like, Benicio Del Toro and the Danny Trejo. Yeah, like going down. Like Danny Trejo's on his way to kill you for like the way you said his name. You're about a foot and a half tall than him though yeah i've met, I've met that dude no yeah yeah, yeah he's, really oh my god in my head he's 16 me too yeah, he is yeah. attitude wise he's 610 but he's like pretty tray low to the ground i guess yeah <laughs> <laughs> and we're number in one. number one and i love how I love how in this we already have a pun in this. I didn't get one pun in the whole last interview. Why did you play it so straight? Um, Were you I scared? Felt, <laughs> I feel more comfortable here. These are people. Mm. I mean, not, not say our last podcast was great. Whoever recorded with, but people I'm not friends with. So it's like a different vibe. But I feel like, and I also feel like I would have just gotten like some just. Stairs, some stairs, yeah, yeah. some stairs, yeah. See, that's why you got to know your Go audience. It, I took those for when it's you. that awkward. Yes. That yeah, gives you definitely did. <laughs> anything, anything that gets kind of awkward that gives you like I think. That gives you license to just go for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just like, well, we're already halfway there. What's I up? mean, Jeff has probably seen me in some of the most embarrassing states. Mm. Like, and vice versa. And Jonah's vice versa. seen me in so some of like, mine. So. There's nothing that, that I, yeah. I could do that I would really just heard worse versions of any joke I could tell tonight. Well, yeah. let's clear the air right They're away. Great. Have you two seen each other naked? I don't think Not really, so. I don't think. I no. mean, Emotionally although, or physically? I will like, say, mm, I will I say that physically, but... on tour, me and Jeff usually do share a bed. Uh-huh. That's but true. But oh, we're okay. always yeah. like pajamas. Yeah, we're both like, we're good at sharing a bed because we're very afraid of like touching other people, both yeah. of us. So it's like a good like, you know, like half the bed is empty and then we're on the <laughs> yeah. quarters by the yeah. edges. I'm, I'm the kind of like sacrifice my own comfort. <laughs> yeah. Just in that, but like <laughs> won't recline my seat on planes. Like right. I just can't, it like can't get in other people's space or makes me feel weird and when i see jonah in the bed i'm like well he's already over that far so i should probably get (laughs) i gotta get further over or else it's rude yeah you guys are so nice (laughs) not really what i mean are we talking basketball shorts or do you bring like proper like a flannel set i have um i'm not trying to brag um and i'm not trying to take away our guest's thunder but i Mm. have a cashmere pants Oh shit! Like bed pants. I wouldn't have stayed so bed far. Pants. Yeah, I would have gotten closer if I and knew they're cashmere. They're awesome. Wow. Yeah, and I, 
I wear them around my apartment. I wear them today. I wear them a lot. I wear from home. I'm did, home a lot. Did you wear them with a the kimono? Uh, I use, here, here's what I do. <laughs> Usually. Um, old news to old listeners. <laughs> after my shower, dry off, and then I put on, I have this like a, to- a robe made out of like that towel material that I got from a hotel in Amsterdam. It's great. I wear that for a while till I dry off. Then sometimes I switch into kimono and slippers. But sometimes if it's colder out, I'll put on the cashmere pants and a little hoodie. Maybe flip that hood up. Mm. And this begins the process that yeah. is Jonah Bear. This yes. sounds great. This is after yoga. This is at like one in the afternoon. Yeah. There's home. something about just the phrase bed pants. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, right. It's like so close to bed pants. Yeah, it lends yeah. itself <laughs> to like smoking jacket, <laughs> right. ascot, oh, bed smoking pants. Jacket. Dude. Maybe, mm. um, what, what would you have a sifter of? Like what's a good nighttime drink? Oh, like cognac, Benedictine, or, or a sherry, <laughs> yeah. a nice dry sherry. Yeah. I don't have a good sherry. What, selection. Whatever is in a nightcap, whatever that means. Yeah, that's what, what it does is. that mean? Isn't that just code for like, do you want to have sex? No, I thought it's like a little drink hat. then sex. Yeah. <laughs> that's what you know. I remember as a kid being like watching right. watching TV shows I shouldn't like coming in for a nightcap right. as a kid, going, "Wow, that's really forward." They're gonna put that off. Put that. They're gonna share like what they sleep in. That's right, weird. right, right. Oh, a night cap. Yeah, a night that's what you're going for. Right, a Jimmy cap. cap. Yeah. yeah, I guess I did. <laughs> I heard that. I, yeah, I, <laughs> oh, I had yeah. my Jimmy hats in it. <laughs> that is a perfect name for a condom, actually. A nightcap. <laughs> night there you go. Yeah, it's another another good use for it. So I think last time we spoke, Jeff, we had that conversation of. Uh, bands when they when they either go on like what should we go on hiatus should we stop or should we break up and get back together and do that reforming thing have, since then have we split yet or not we hadn't no or we did no I think you had I we think, had I think, I think you, you had you had done, you had done cause we, we talked that was your joke like we should have broken up <laughs> yeah <clears throat> uh, how's it been back in the saddle now it's been a been a bit right it's been cool man like um yeah like the guys don't hate each other which is cool um we all like each other we all like being around each other we have a really close like so most people probably don't know but our bass player is married to our guitar player's sister they have kids and then our other guitar player has a son that he named after our drummer so there's like a lot of kind of like really super tight bro stuff that goes on on thursday because i often think about your uh your your you're punching in the job metaphor that you guys had. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. card, the little yeah, card. The card. That yeah. was a pretty dark time at the end there, and imagine. I'm glad that we're not there now. Um, and we've got some rules in place, like this can't be anybody's day job. Like even if we're making okay money, like you have to do something else because nobody can be like, guys, we all have to, you know, that's too much, too much pressure for the band. That's smart though. I mean, that must take an element of pressure off you guys to allow you to just freer with it I you guess. can just say no that's stupid right. even if like it makes a ton of money you can be like i don't want to do it because it's stupid which yeah. is like the most important thing when you're doing stuff if it sucks and you don't want to do it don't do it yeah. but then somebody's like but you'll make seventy five thousand dollars like mm, yeah we're gonna do the stupid thing you know what i mean like that was so common for us sure of being like well if this is my day job then we have to do that stupid thing because i have to pay rent and now yeah. it's like no i have some other stupid day job that i, I can hate that job I can love Thursday again. You know what I mean? Right. So, you know how it is. You know how it is. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. Huh? Yeah. You know how it is. Yep. You know how... You guys know how I think about this stuff. Oh, yeah. Well, we go way back. Fuck this shit, man. That's that's what I think. Um, (laughs) 
Yeah, no. I haven't talked to this gentleman from you here, so this is like... Jeff Rickley I've known so for a long time. Uh, I probably met Jeff when you were like 19 or 20, and I was like 18 or 19. That's right. I would guess. And I didn't have a band. I was putting on shows yeah, for your yeah. band, your old band. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was in a band called Lowline Theory, played New Brunswick quite a bit, mm-hmm. and... Uh, that was when you were at 331 already? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and Jeff was in a house, um, 331 Somerset Street, with Classic. another guy named Clay Weir. Clay. And was, eventually Tom from you and I. Yeah, eventually yeah. Tom. Oh my God, yeah, Tom yeah. was there too. We had the last you and I show in that basement. This guy Clay, we should mention. Clay. He's one of the unsung heroes Clay's of amazing. the scene from that time. He was a guy who did a lot of shows. Yeah. I mean, he did a lot of the 331 shows, uh, right? More okay. than I did, yeah. Yeah, and... Um, he was and is, uh, he's a chippy guy. He didn't suffer fools lightly. Oh man. He um, didn't suffer me lightly as his roommate. Let me just tell you that. uh, Oh man. There's so many stories about Clay Weir's. Yeah. So also the Thursday guys, aside from me, they went to high school with Clay. So there's a deep history there too. Yeah. 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 Now Clay, I don't know if you know this. I think I do. He's in the deep state. (laughs) Man, oh man. He's got some shit going on. He knows like three different kinds of Arabic. He's, he's, he's in. He has had a very interesting day job since college. Stuff that we can't talk about here, but man, oh man. Sounds like this guy's in Kilming around. Wait, actually, you might have gotten the same thing that I did. Um, now you're cut off. Turn off his mic. Did you get... <laughs> I like how we both blazed over that one. Yeah, like, I, was, I didn't nope. even hear it. I didn't even hear it. <laughs> nope. No, it's not getting acknowledged. Like, the oh. last one was good. This one... No. I'm sorry, Jonah. Did you say yeah. something? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've like six times, even before I was here today, where people have been like, no. <laughs> So I'm not, not going to say specifically, but but Clay went into say public service, yes, um, say deep and, public and service. intelligence mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And uh, I got a call from right. an agent. Did Vetting you as well? Uh, I didn't, from living with him. I didn't. Um, I didn't know what it was, and I blew it off. And then later oh. on, uh, one of our scene photographer buddies was like, did you not answer those questions? And I was like, I didn't realize how important it was. Yeah. Well, I, I, <laughs> I dude, when you're getting cleared, when you're getting vetted for... Yeah. My dad is in the military. When you get huh. top secret clearance, if you're in the military, you're just it's just like, shut your face. Like, that's an order. But once you're out and you're a civilian, uh-huh. you your family and friends, there has to be somebody. I had a buddy yeah. who worked at Lockheed Martin, and I was the only person who had known him over 10 years. So I would get random phone calls and they'd be like, what's your address? Where'd you live here? My dad, when he would have to get cleared up becoming a defense contractor, would say, because I moved so much, where the hell did you live in 97 to 99? Right, right. Because they have to keep track. Yeah. It also costs money. A lot of people don't know that. I didn't know that. Depending on your level of clearance. What do you mean? It costs, so if you are in the military, it doesn't cost me anything, but if you work for a defense contractor and they're like, well, you have to be cleared for this level to it's on your look at this store. The company has to pay for it. Interesting. And but it's you, worth their while. Eventually. It's, it's only yeah. worth their while if they can keep someone on for X amount of years. So you guys it. are telling me you can just buy secret clearance, essentially. I, I think based upon the election, yes. Oh, man. That's awesome. And we're back. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> oh, man. No, no, can't do it. Can't do it. <clears throat> so what else? Anything else happened between um, the last podcast and now? Man. <laughs> so much. I Wait, loved we... reading about you in Newsweek. That was fun. Oh god. <laughs> so 
I actually, oh, I'm going to, for the sake of being just the doofus in the room, mm. I'm going and doing some research today. I'm like, I know Jeff a long ass time. I'm like, mm. we should have plenty to talk about. We should go back to these New Brunswick stories too, uh-huh. because something happened on a previous podcast, but we can't determine the first Thursday show. Cause mm-hmm. I thought I played it. And I think you might've. And we're so we'll we'll get back to that. Or should well, we just hit there that? were also two things about that. Is like we played a show where we kind of just jumped on and played a couple songs, and then we played like a show where we like played a show. Okay, because so what I sort remember, of two. And and Jonah, I don't know. We tried to call you during another podcast. <laughs> I think it was the one. Was it with Jeremy? Yeah, maybe. See, I yeah. thought you had like a government clearance issue, so I just hung yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. With Jeremy Bohm and. I was dropping some line where I thought I was cool, basically being like, yeah, yeah, and, you know, like, we played, like, the first Thursday show. Which is the ultimate thing to impress Jeremy. Oh, yeah, and I was like, dude, I'm, like, dusting my shoulders off. Jeremy's gonna think I'm awesome. Right. And, uh, and then Jonah's like, oh, you played this show? I'm like, No. I'm like, that's the first Thursday show? And then I got scared because I've been telling this story uh-huh. like I thought I was cool for like a long time. Be like, uh-huh. yeah, I fucked That's how Benny got in Gaslight. Yeah. I'm like, I headlined <laughs> right. Thursday's first show, yeah, yeah, baby. Yeah, right. it's, been, it's been like my line for years. And then Jonah's like, oh no, it was this show. And I'm like, fuck. So which show I've been lying this entire time. I, I it thought me? it was 331 uh-huh. with Low End Theory and Linus... And it was like a New Year's show, and you guys played like... Well, it was New Year's, but it was uh, like Saves the Day. Yeah, Saves the Day. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, us. Yeah, and Movie Life. Movie Life. And uh, yeah. Poison the Well with two singers. Do you remember oh, that? Yeah. Because they got into... Do you remember there's like sort of a thing in the backyard? There's like My a little God, bit of was altercation. there that many bands at that show? Dude, there were like what seven, great seven bands at that show. So that was technically the first yeah, Why was, was, Are you sure okay. I was telling you it was wrong? You did. That's Who else weird. would have been there? Oh, maybe Jeremy did. Jer- it was. It must have been Jeremy because I was in Ohio. How would I be like? Actually, Benny, <laughs> the show I was. No, I think at. you had just heard because like, of your archiving skills. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Well, because we jumped on. <laughs> we jumped and played like two songs just to see if we could play it, and we right. couldn't. <laughs> on a show that was God, I feel like you guys might have played this one too, but it was Joshua. Oh, three thirty one. Yeah, I love that band. We also played that. Too. <laughs> I thought you did because I'm like remembering the flyer. I'm like maybe. Yeah, I think so, so. We put you guys on everything. Hey, you're local. Hey, you got a singer is a garbage Listen, man. You know what I'm saying? You drop twenty five kids in the basement. You <laughs> get a lot of crap. fucking shows. You do. <laughs> like, that's you do. You know how much forty money that is? Oh my god! <laughs> Especially when I had the brilliant idea of like we won't charge. We'll take donations. Oh yeah, man, that was great. You were even too punk rock for me. <laughs> I was like, I'm charging these kids. They can bring me a can of food for a discount. Right. That's how, that's that's how I get That's the way to do thinking it. Thinking I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> but. I feel like it should be a can of like good food. Like, <laughs> would you? Like, yeah. This? This would yeah. be something you would actually eat. Because there's a lot of shit in cans at the grocery <laughs> store. I'm like, no way. You know, it's interesting. And I've learned through the years. So I, you know, I did shows for, for many, many years. And I always accepted food. Mm-hmm. And I never specified as to what it was. And mm-hmm. the more and more I got involved with it, mm-hmm. there is certainly food they can use and food they cannot use. Like if you buy, say like, oh, I'm going to buy a few can of cream of broccoli soup. You have to hope on the off chance that there are 1,000 other cream of broccoli soup donations so you can serve cream of broccoli oh, soup. Oh, wow. So like you really should donate like beans corn you know like basics that you can actually prepare food with Mm -hmm. 
Because if you buy like, oh, I'm going to buy like a bunch of SpaghettiOs, <clears throat> then like you got to hope 500 cans Rice of is always is Although certain things of SpaghettiOs, and I only know this because my parents are genuinely good people and would like take us to like... Uh, volunteer at food banks on like thanksgiving and stuff there'll be the point in the night where after you serve dinner if you stay over to like chaperone and make sure everything's cool like there's a kid that'll wake up at midnight hungry and then you need like spaghettios is actually the perfect example that one can will do good but cream of black like nobody's gonna have yeah, one can know, of cream of black no cold way. cold <laughs> thing put that like uh that hot needle like the jail guys do <laughs> to heat it up i don't even know how they do that yeah what is that that they do in the movies where they heat up a can of soup with that hot something or other you seen this in <laughs> oz and movies like this i, I hated that. oz <laughs> you did? i hated oz it was what like, made you hate oz i mean what's that leon from oz is here no. Oh no! Fuck yeah, dude! In the house right now? Yeah, he's. Wait, now I feel terrible. <laughs> Go tell him how you feel. <sighs> no, <laughs> he doesn't care, dude. And those—they're not characters, Jeff. They're gonna. Are they? They're gonna. <laughs> Were <you>. they actors? <laughs> I could never cool tell. Ones. It was so brutal. I couldn't take the brutality. That's what it was. It yeah, was man, too J. brutal. J.K. Simmons. Oh yeah. Wait, he was the white power Harry guy. Potter. No, no, no. <laughs> That's not J.K. Simmons. <laughs> Sorry. You muggle. JK. There's only two Simmons. JKs. You JK. Harry muggle. Harry Potter. <laughs> you muggle. Fantastic borings and tons of plot holes. But I brought up this I've known you for a long time thing to to illustrate something. So I was like, I know Jeff a lot. I probably right. don't have to do that much research. Oh, man. But I Googled it anyway. <laughs> and I go, what the fuck? I hadn't heard about it, man. You didn't know. I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't I didn't know who that fucker was until like three months ago when everything happened. That was like a or not, year ago. Like I can't yeah, even imagine going through that. It was but, tough, man. We were onto a really good thing. You know, like yeah. Collect was on the verge. Like last year would have been a banner year for the label because the nothing record that came out on Relapse that everybody loved. The hotelier record that came out on Tiny Engines that everybody loved, like those were our records. Like we paid for those records. Right. Those were our bands. Like we had helped those guys get bands. And you said that hotelier record was just excellent, right? unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable hotelier record. The unbelievable, the nothing record. I love still. Um, but we were working on so much other stuff. You know, like uh, we were trying to put out some stuff with Ricky Acid, and like you know, I had I had met with Brian from Brand New about some stuff. You know, we were really, and I, I. I think we were really headed in the right direction and we had a bunch of hip hop and we had a bunch, uh, you know, I was talking to Dyke Drama, which is a side, Sadie's side project from, uh, from, um, Gloss. Gloss. Thank you, Jonah. <laughs> um, I was like, girls, I was like going through each letter, like, how do I spell it? So for the benefit of um, people playing the home game, you had, I remember when I found out you had a record label, Collect mm-hmm. Records. I was like, what a great gig for him. Good for him. Yeah. Put, the first thing we put out on Collect was the first Touche Amore record. That's why yeah. I started the label to put that out. That's and awesome. I had, I had, I didn't know anything else about anything, anything. Mm-hmm. And I knew that uh, Norman Brandon was working with you. And I was like, yeah. this is just like, can I work there? Fuck, this sounds great. And Everybody our in-house designer cool. was the singer oh. from Weekend, um, Sean Durkin. Mm-hmm. Amazing band on Slumberland Records. Um you know, like really incredible, like pains of being pure at heart, kind of like type stuff. A little, little heavier than them, but um, yeah, like I loved our team. It was really great. Um, so I mean, you've talked a lot about, like, you know, I saw some interviews with you. You've like mm-hmm. talked a lot about how it started. Mm-hmm. There's obviously like, how the fuck were you supposed to know? It's like, what was what was presented to you? Even for me hearing it, I'm like, wow, that sounds <clears throat> awesome. 
if somebody mm-hmm. was like coming at me with this idea and coming at me with money and wanted mm-hmm. to to boost something cool like that like was there ever a point were you completely blindsided by it or did you did something like smell funny like at any point did were like did things get weird at all or like no i mean the only thing that i was like wary of was this is too good like how uh, can anything be this good right but like and you've he, been through the ringer a label yeah. so you know right? so i wrote like, into all the contracts you know, the only thing that I did to make sure there was no way that we could get screwed was I wrote into all the contracts of the bands. Cause I was worried about the bands getting screwed. Like for me, it's like, I've been through the ringer, like you said. So I wrote into all the contracts, a uh, clause that if at any time they were unhappy with anything that we were doing, they could take their masters and leave. Wow. Masters that we paid for, you know, it's a that's pretty huge. unheard of thing yeah, to put in a contract. Crazy. Not like you can buy our masters from, for cost. Because we were like, no, we want to get bands to spend more than they would spend on a record. I mean, like, that's really amazing. Like make, for somebody you know, who hasn't negotiated a record contract, yeah, that's something that doesn't happen. If ninety nine out of a hundred bands asked for, they would be told to go fuck themselves. So that's yeah, pretty amazing. But yeah. the thing is, I was put in a position where I was like, yeah, go out, sign as many bands as you can, help as many bands as you can. In three or four years, we'll talk about if it's making money or not, and if it's not, maybe we'll make it a nonprofit. It's like you know what i mean like yeah so people sometimes say like you have to you're either lying and you knew something was up or you're the most naive person on earth i don't really think either is true like i think i was like worst things worse like i'll take as much money from somebody for as long as i can and give it to bands you know if it turns out god forbid he's a shady guy or something you know um but what but how does how is it when it's so, so the benefactor was Martin Shkreli, the the diabolical. Am I pronouncing his name? I don't care too much about the dude, but am I saying his last Sounds name? Sounds right. Who cares? I don't know. So he was someone who's helping you out, who's an honest fan, and you know, giving money. Very to kind to me. I have to be honest. Like, uh, yeah. you know, this is very good to me. Very good to uh, the staff. You know, was talking about, like how how can we get you know healthcare implemented? How can we do you know this for the bands? Like cared about the bands obviously you know yeah i think it's like easy to paint people as either villains or good guys but sure. um you know uh regardless of whether he is a villain or not you know um he was really good to the bands he seemed to have really honest intentions about them i don't i actually still don't really doubt his intentions for the bands um you know ethically and all that other stuff you can get into it you know i mean He's sort of a fascinating character and I still watch what he's doing because, you know, at one point he was going through and like showing you which because the pharma industry made him like, oh, it's just him. We're good. The rest of us are fine. And he went through like kind of calling them all out on their bullshit and showing where they were total hypocrites and stuff. And that I find really interesting, too. But the the um, the same damn thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think like by nature, he's like he's like the definition of a troll. So it's like really difficult to see. Like, I never know. I'll see something and I'll be like, is he serious? It's like, right. I met the guy plenty of times. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I've talked to him and I have no idea when he's serious or not. So what, like, turned your conscience mm. with with the label with... Because, you know, there's a lot of labels that, you know, bands in this room have been part of that, you know, have probably got investors who do some things that oh, yeah. you might not agree with. What made you go, we can't? Um, It just, you know, the whole thing, like... It was just so public and it was so uh, bad and it was it was just so much that I just knew there was no way any artist was going to... It wasn't about us, you know, it was about the bands. I knew the bands were all going to be hurt by it, you know, and like the moment that it started, 
called him and I was like, look, man, I don't agree with what you're doing, but you need somebody doing your PR like quick and you should just stop talking about it. Like let somebody else deal with it. Like you really need to do this. And he totally didn't listen to me. Um, and obviously that's not his style, right? Yeah. Like we can all right, say pretty right. surely, like he's not going to stop talking about stuff and get somebody else to answer for him. But, um, but yeah, I just, I just couldn't imagine a situation in which I felt okay doing it, mm-hmm. in which any band on the label felt okay doing it. And even more so, I saw the bands taking the brunt of it. Like I could sit in an office and still make my salary, which better salary than I've ever made before getting to put out music that I love. <laughs> But the bands are going to be out on tour having people ask them uncomfortable questions. They're not, they're going to say, honestly, I have no idea what's going on with that. Like we finally found a label that wanted to treat us right. And now like it sucks. Like it turned out the whole thing had a trap door. It like dropped us through to this other level of hell. Right. So it was, um, you know, that was it. It was just, it sucked. Like the day that it happened, I was on a plane to Germany. So I had to kind of catch up on it. Like when I'd get service, I'd be like, Oh God. What's what's going on? Did you know, like, did you know specifically the industry he was involved with and stuff? Like, I knew he was in pharmaceuticals. Yeah. 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 Um, did but that you know, inherently bother you at all? Just like where the money was coming from? Or it was just like, fuck it, I'll take what I can to fund good music? No, it didn't really bother me because what I knew of it was that he was, uh, you know, what he told me of it was that uh, the part of the pharmaceutical industry that he was um involved in was rare diseases Hmm. and the way he kind of told me about it was like look like big pharma does not care there's not enough money in these diseases for them to give a shit Hmm. i'm over here doing it i give a shit about it like one of the drugs i actually patented myself like he's and again no matter what you think of him he's actually a very smart person sure and so to hear him talk about the efficacy of different compounds on different molecules and affinities and binders and receptors and things like that be like, well, that's pretty impressive, impressive, you know? Um, And, you know, (laughs) I think there was certainly a time which I was like, it's so good to know that, like, this is one of the good guys or whatever. You know I mean? It's... Anybody now can be like, stupid Jeff or whatever, but it's just not the way it was at the time. I was like, man, maybe, like, maybe something good has happened. Maybe I'm going to be able to put out a bunch of bands and they're ever unhappy they can just leave and take their records and you know like for once i actually feel like i'm giving back you know (laughs) there's something nice even in a weird way there's something nice about hearing someone like you who's ran into like a bunch of sketchy people through the years Mm -hmm. to be like to be like ah like let's give this guy a chance he's one of the good like that's still like kind (laughs) of nice and hopeful maybe it is naive but like it's naive in a way that like maybe you actually went through the because you know i see it on paper man and i'm like okay alex Saavedra, tony victory martin shrek like you have some characters in your past who have well some, i mean like, thursday was on seven labels yeah like think about that for a second really? yeah. yeah it's insane so like because the gamut. island thing like kind of yeah switched around and yeah yeah island yeah. and then like you know temporized for a second and then eyeball, you know stuff like that yeah. Eyeball, mm-hmm. yeah um victory um epitaph you know um so you got a way of stumbling into some real interesting characters man like like through the years yeah i mean i just think the music business like you know i don't want to get too into it but i think that basically like you can see a lot of different places where 
um, different social factors have made the cultures of different industries really terrible. And I actually think that post Motown, there are some really awful motives to keeping artists sort of mm. down and oppressed and not knowing how much money is being made and giving them crumbs instead of making them have a living and actually like sort of making an artist like an indentured servant. And I don't, that has nothing to do with me, but I think all of us that are in this business have for a long time have been put in the position of like begging to be begging to get a contract that subjugates our talents for life. Mm -hmm. And I actually think that like, if you're involved in that without trying to make it right, if you're not actively trying to make it right, if you're just playing by the rules of the system, then inherently it fucks you up over time. Mm -hmm. I think being forced to play by the rules that are inherently unfair to the people that you're working with has an effect of screwing you up. And I think that's why you see so much like corruption. You see so many bad people in the music industry. Why you have, you know, I was at a, like a, what do you call it? Like a 12 step meeting where like when people, like I was like, man, you know, I got chewed up by the music industry and like, fi like five or six people out of like a 20 person meeting were like, Ooh, music industry. You know what I mean? Like wow. they had been through it too. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. so, um, yeah, you could say I've met some characters, but I mean, I think there's, it's tough. It's a tough business. You know, yeah. all of us know, like, recordings to you all of it like there are you get fucked you know what i mean like you put your blood sweat and your tears and people run on the fact that you would do it for free right. if you could yeah that is how they get you sure they're like huh he probably would for us if we yeah, yeah. make him feel bad yeah. well i mean that's that's like the classic thing we've talked about it at length here it's like where where art meets commerce mm -hmm. right and it's been and, and if you read the about rub. painters and you read about theater and you read about all sorts of things through history, it seems as if, you know, the upper crust dictated what they wanted, when they wanted it, how much they were willing to give, mm -hmm. and the people who actually that's, do it. That's how, like, subversive artists started. It was like you would get a, a, a Renaissance artist and, like, paint this picture. It must uh -huh. be biblical. And they're like, all right, I'm going to paint the most fucked up biblical picture <laughs> right. I can and get right, paid right. and still get to You're all going to have tiny cocks. It's like the best picture ever, but they all have this. Tiny cocks. It must have been freezing back then. I did. I had a professor in college who summed it up so smart. He went, because it was theater, and he went, remember, theater doesn't make money. It costs money. And that's a lot about art because you can't monetize it. I just did. I remember reading all about it and thinking, like, this is perfect. I, like, I. See you as a CEO of a, of, a, of a label and like working it all, working it all. And I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. For fuck's sake. Yeah. I mean, My mom always says, uh, as far as luck goes, you have all of it. <laughs> like good, <laughs> bad, like. Yeah. See, I heard the story and I went, bless, bless from you. And I'm like. Jesus Christ, how does fucking Jeff get into this shit? Yeah. That was in my head. <laughs> that, <too? laughs> that was what I was going on. I'm like, Jonah has a better idea of how I get like, into like, it. He knows me too well. Like, to be like, of course Jeff got into this. Well, yeah, Ooh. I mean, I'm, I guess I'm curious, like, what's it like? Because I felt like it was really, I would say, like, like a traumatizing thing to go to do. Like, to, uh -huh. I mean, like... I mean, what's uh -huh. it like, I guess, talking about it now? Like, does, do you It's not so hard. Yeah. Like, when you guys were like, so, I was like, really? Like, I felt like for a minute I was like... Being switch, huh? Like talk about the tour, and we're gonna have to talk about this. No, I know. But, um, I knew I had, I had to do it. But um, you know, now I mean, I feel worse for our bands than I feel for me. Like I try to do something. You know, like I'm an adult. 
I started a business. I got an investor. Like this is not unheard of stuff. Sure. Like people all across this country start small businesses that they believe in. They put their blood, sweat and tears into it. They employ like family, anybody who will work for them. Everybody pulls together and then the investor fucks them. It's true. Like that is not an uncommon thing. So to feel like I've lucked my way in, you know, it just so happened that everybody knew. Right, right. And everybody knew and everybody was like ready to be like, maybe Jeff's an asshole. Like he's always been so nice that I knew he was secretly an asshole. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's kind of a thing that I saw happen all over the place where I was like, yeah. But it was like you said, I was like, too tired. I had right. been working too hard. Like I was just so burnt out that like when people would come at me, I'd be like, fuck you. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Like yeah, I try to think course. of something smart to say and be like, well, fuck you, clown. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was just real weird. Like the people that I feel worst for in it are the no devotion guys because they had the double headline trauma happen. So oh, it's like, yeah, no shit. They came out of the whole thing where they were on the cover of every f- friggin' tabloid in the UK for the lost prophet singer. Right. right? And I actually like find them and I'm like, wow, I never liked Lost Prophets and you guys are so talented. Yeah, like, let's make really some are. cool stuff. Like, and everybody's like, Jeff's going to help him out. And it's like the week our record comes out, the week is when the label fell apart. Like those guys have sucks. shitty luck. That fucking sucks. Um, it truly does. So what do you want to like, so what have you been up to sort of lately? Because you would think after this you'd maybe want to do something outside the music industry, but I feel like that has not been the case. No, um, I've, I've been doing a couple things. I mean, um, I helped, I've been helping, uh, brace yourself, which is maybe my favorite company I've ever worked with in the music industry. Um, they did the press for no devotion in the UK. They did the press for all collect stuff in the UK. And we always had a thing where they were like, man, like you're just signing every band we love. This is so cool. If we did a label, we'd want it to be like collect, you know, it's like one of those things. And like they just picked up chance, the rapper, they do the strokes, the pixies, like they're just, they're incredible. So I've been uh, trying to help them bring that to the States. And we've had some ups and some downs. Um, we're kind of looking to restructure the company right now and reformat it and bring it back. But, um, that was the first thing I was doing. I was running the U S arm of that. Um, and then the Thursday stuff coming back. Um, you know, playing shows with those guys, getting back together with those guys. You know, now we're doing a tour with Touche and Basement and um, Wax Idols and Cities of Eve. So it's, uh, I mean, that's super exciting. You know, that's really fun. Like, I get to see all my my guys that I grew up with, you know. What's the difference, like, well, have, oh, yeah, I guess you won't know yet, but are, are you anticipating, like, the Thursday show to have, like a different feel because of the nature of it. You guys kind of laid out where you're like, we have other jobs. We're doing this. Do you think like the show is just going to roll out more comfortably, less pressure or, or is it still like the same amount of like heightened pressure, like a Thursday headline show would have? Um, I, yeah, I kind of know what you're saying. Like, I think we feel less like, um, pressure to make it good and more like, I haven't gotten to do this in so long that I want to make something really beautiful, you know? And I think like right now in the midst of like, you know, really unheard of levels of like anti-immigration, anti-immigrant, anti-Muslim, anti, you know, it's like, it's such a heightened emotional uh, climate for politics right now that like, I just feel a real, um, 
you know, that just a really welcoming place to come and, and uh, express yourself and be met with open arms. Like, um, just a sort of say what you mean, mean what you say, be sincere and have compassion for everybody. That, that was always the simple message of Thursday. And sometimes I wondered if it was too little, mm-hmm. you know, if that wasn't political enough, if there wasn't enough of a backbone in our kind of message. And right now the simplicity of it in such a cruel time, uh, feels like the thing that I really want to do. And, um, you know, we've been, it's been really nice. Like all of us have been together on that. So we've been talking about like, you know, do we want to do one shirt that's like an ACLU shirt that's all benefit? You know, what do we want to do? Like, you know, Norman from Texas is the reason is putting together like ACLU benefit and stuff. And, you know, it's just nice that we're all on the same page. It's like, you can't be too political right now. Like, just go out there and say it. And yeah. like, if you lose some fans or whatever, then obviously they never like read the lyrics and they didn't care about what the band was about in the first place. So. Sure. Have you gotten a lot of shit on Twitter when you're, when you're saying stuff about politics from people that are like a couple? Uh, yeah. Like, or is it most, yeah, it's mostly supportive. I feel like some people who are like talking shit about like, Oh, you know, I love, it's like, did you, it's like, I, I loved you guys until whatever. It's like, did you really? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I just take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. Like, okay. Well, I don't love you, I guess. I don't yeah, know. You know, not even that, but like... This just... is like when like one of my friends is like complaining about Time Warner and I'm like, I'll reply, I'll be like, you've been treated unfairly, I'm canceling my service. It's like, I'm not canceling my service. Yeah. <laughs> right, like, right, 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 This is just the most right. passive yeah. way I can like try to like... I know. Can I make a confession? Yeah. Wait, hold on. Pause I that. still have I, Uber on my phone. You still have Uber? Oh, really? I, I have to run out. Yeah. Text, oh, my oh, no, buddy. Just hit the next train, so I'm so sorry. Dude. Oh, I'm other things I, I do too, by the way. I'll say it on a fucking internet. I don't care. Yeah. You have to bring up, because we didn't bring it up, um, uh, the uh, the last time Jeff was here. He was in a video game. Ooh. Remember that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Emo game. <laughs> two. Emo game two. Emo game Important two. Game. Important game. <laughs> All right, good luck to right. you. See you later, bud. All right. See you later. It's really yeah. fucked up, that game, actually. If you go back and play it now, there's, like, lots of stuff that would not fly now. Really? Oh, man, it's really <laughs> fucked up. It's really fucked up. I don't think I played it. So, yeah, I, I don't mind saying it. So, like, when I saw... Listen, I like to think for myself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Even though I am 95% of the time... When I think about it, I wind up usually about as fucking far left as I can go. Mm-hmm. But I like to kind of like when I see a tweet that's like, blah, 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 Uber, delete it. I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, why? Tell me why. And I saw what that guy did, that he mm-hmm. went to the same like small business council that like Elon Musk and people like that went to. And... I saw that he had a lag in his response, but mm-hmm. eventually did do a response and did do things for his employees and stuff like that. And I find sometimes this like liberal attitude where it's like, if you don't do what I want right off the bat, I'm completely discounting you. When I want to leave enough room for people to change their fucking mind and that to be okay. Like, like when I see people fucking killing Glenn Beck for his history, mm. I'm like, well, what do you want? What's the alternative? The alternative is Glenn Beck continuing to be Glenn Beck. Mm-hmm. The thing that can happen that actually changes things that's better is him admitting 
some of the things he was wrong in saying that you changed. Well, you have a different reason then for keeping Uber than I do. Because they broke the strike line at JFK, and I like, fuck you. Oh. Yeah, yeah that was the thing that really that pissed people yeah. off. I think the Trump thing, like, w- wasn't great, but I think that's what... Re- I think if that alone, no one would have cared. Mm-hmm. But it was them when, the, oh, yeah, when everyone was striking, and they were like, they had a surge, and like, we're lowering the surge. Like, we're basically, like, undercutting yeah. this whole strike. And, like, I didn't also support, actually. like, the TLC more than I support Uber. I mean, I didn't like the TLC. Five years ago, I would have been like, fuck the TLC. Right. Which, the Taxi know, and Limousine Commission, I, I, you know? I, I am conflicted about that one. Over Between them and Uber? Yeah. Really? Well, yeah, because well, they've been screwing me for years, I just years feel too. like <laughs> I understand, like, it's, like, that people, like, spent years getting those medallions and it's it's a lot of immigrants with those jobs, but I also feel like I have to go off my experiences where it's like, I'm going to Brooklyn. No, no, no. I mean, for so long... Sure. I, I couldn't... So it's like, then I feel like technology caught up and offered an alternative where, like, those people can't really say no to you and now I feel like I don't know who, you know... My only thing about that is that, like, right now, Uber is, like, um, being completely funded by its like IPO type valuation. So they're losing like $2 billion a year or something crazy like that. They're losing some insane amount of money a year Mm -hmm. because they're subsidizing their rides. The Uber, if it was free market capitalism model right now, Uber would be four times as much as it costs and it couldn't compete with the taxi and limousine commission. So what they're trying to do is subsidize their rides put the taxi and limousine commission out of service in oh, all man. the local ones and then put all the prices way back up or phase out human drivers. Right. Just have it completely automated, which either one is like, wait, I want to help them put more people out of work. And it's like all a lie right now. Like it's their valuation that's paying for my cab fare. On the one hand, I'm like, well, got to take advantage of it while it lasts. Right. Cause they're burning through all this capital. But on the other hand, I just think like, oh man, this is never going to work. Like, and if it works, we're all fucked. No, dude, the driverless cars is going to be awesome. You think so, dude? Yeah, I've listened to so much stuff about it. There'll, there'll be like no accidents. Mm-hmm. Like, it'll be so much safer for everyone. Well, until the overlords decide the to only, crash the only us real, into each other. The only real problem with it—not problem, but the the really—I think I talked about some of this before. There's a real issue though. If you have a driverless car and it it's, knows everything, whatever, but if it has a decision where it's like, if I go this way, I kill three people. If I go this way, I kill two people. Mm, what do I right. do? Like, there is like a moral thing to it. But I think on the mm. whole, it will make things safer. But It's it will a very like jobs. Orwellian kind of uh, yes. conundrum there. Which one? Yeah. I don't know. Though. Yeah, I mean, you know, for all this talk of the immigrants taking our jobs, like it's shown that automation has been responsible Taking for way far more. more. Yeah. 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 Have you? Do you guys ever listen to Bill Burr? I do. He's against. Uh, this is much lighter, but he's like really against self checkout. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. Like they'll be like, do you? Oh, they'll be like, he'll be have a couple of things. They'll be like, sir, do you want to do the self checkout? They'll be like, nah. And they're like, what do you? You know, be faster. He's like, I don't want to do your job for you. Right. And he's like, what do you mean? He's like, if I walked up and it just scanned everything and I walked out, great. He's like, but you're just having me do the same thing you get paid to do. <laughs> like, he's like, I'm, I'm he's like not trying out. to save their job. He's like, I don't want to do it. Yeah, he's like, I don't feel like doing your job right. for free. I'll just Some of them give life. you a discount for doing it, though, right? Really? I that would be different. I don't know. Yeah, I just made that up, I think. funny thing. He was like, this isn't a technology innovation. You're just putting people out of work and having me do your job for mm-hmm. no money. 
I yeah. mean, New Jersey, uh, my first job was working at a gas station. Yeah, really? that's so like our gas, gas laws. Has that yeah. that's the gas reason. law always existed? Yeah. Since I can remember. Yeah, ever really? since I was a kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You did it for five years, too? It's a good yeah. job. It's a terrible job, but it's a job. I think it's just New Jersey and Oregon, right? Yeah, it's two states. I yeah. know that. So I don't know the other one. Did anything weird ever happen to you? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Oh, you had a gas job? Yeah. Ooh, wh- who'd you work for? Golf. Golf Were man. you pumped up to work there? So pumped. <laughs> <laughs> um i used to okay in the winter like okay i just should probably preface this preface this by saying that i um got fired and they hired a crackhead to replace me that's how bad i was is this up in north jersey yeah i'm picturing you in this era as kind of ethan hawk in reality bites okay I like that's that. kind of how i'm yeah. going here but what happened at the i golf? was definitely wearing carhartt pants and, uh, <laughs> yeah um so you just you just are in one of those little booths and you just wait for someone to pull up to get gas. in the summer i'd stand outside okay but in the winter yeah okay so in the winter I thought I knew where I was supposed to stand, but instead I was standing in the booth where all the exhaust from the oh. auto shop got funneled. <laughs> so every so often the mechanic would come over and like light a joint and we'd get high and then I'd stand breathing fumes for like three hours being like, like this is good weed. <laughs> no, I'd be like, this is bad weed. Yeah. I'm fucked up. <laughs> like I remember hearing uh, Helmet Afterburn for the first time, like and under those circumstances being like, what happened to this band? To be fair, I don't know. Maybe sober, it would have been the same way. But um, there was one guy. There was a priest who used to give me a dollar when I pumped the gas. Nobody. When I see like people tipping in New Jersey, I'm always like, I didn't get tipped. What the mm. fuck? Really? But I also had like um, these two really cute girls, and I was probably 16 or yeah, I was probably 16 or 17. These two really cute girls would come and asked me to check their oil constantly <laughs> and i didn't get it and they'd be like giggling and i'd be like hey, can i check our oil and i'd be like okay <laughs> like do you have a dipstick like you know i just didn't get it and then like, like years later i was like oh, oh shit damn it, check my oil. i really yeah. fucked up that one like i could have asked one of those girls out probably or hey, both of them on your dipstick yeah yeah bro uh, i think i'd probably still be working at a gas station on like uh, an offenders list yeah. if I, did that. <laughs> I also okay so in new jersey you don't have to mark which pumps are broken because you pump the gas so oh. i just like put up like one cone and be like they can come to this one and i <laughs> i was running a credit card with like you know the like yes. run an imprint of the credit card because we didn't have so i was tr- running one customer's credit card he decided that the line was too long so he pulled over knocked the cone out of the way Ooh. and decided he was gonna and i was like waving to him like don't do that i was like fuck you oh <laughs> Uh, I didn't hang the sign on it that said, like, this pump is really broken. Oh. So when he put the pump in his car, the hose came out and started spraying him <laughs> with gasoline and spraying his car with oh, gasoline. No. It was just, like, waving around. So I had to go and shut the pump off. <laughs> Instant karma. And he was like, are you going to help me clean this up? And all he had was, like, the rag that you clean the oil stick with. Yeah. So I just, like, started, like, wiping oh. his window with the oil. He was so mad. It was... That was maybe the most enjoyable thing that happened That's to me the whole time good. I was working. Yeah. You never got a tip at the golf? No, did there you was do one windows? priest who gave me a dollar. Did you do windows, though? I did windows. I checked oil. I did the whole thing. See, that's despicable to me. Yeah. That, Guy also, does the trifecta. You do mm-hmm. front window, back window, and you decide to check oil. Check oil. Also, Man, very that's... ironic job for a guy who doesn't have a driver's license. I did then. Yeah, I did, did back then. Yeah, I did. <laughs> For those of you who think, like, what stupid thing did Jeff do? Um, my dad got a parking ticket while I was on tour. 
And uh, because it came in my name to my license, he didn't open the, the uh, tickets all those times because, you know, that's mail fraud. <laughs> my dad used to say, it's mail fraud. I can't open your mail. Uh, so when I got home from tour, like a year later on Valentine's Day, I got pulled over for a dim brake light and arrested. Yep. Yeah, the whole thing. That same exact scenario has happened to me twice. Yeah. Where I've come home with a warrant for my arrest. Are you serious? Brutal, right? It's brutal. Because you just missed all the shit. You missed it all. I didn't have any failure to appear. It becomes, right. So I would have had the warrant anyway, eventually, because I wasn't going to pay it. It seems like that escalates too high. It does. Because I went to court on driving with suspended license, and people with DUIs got off with warnings, and I lost my license for years. And I was like, what? Shit like this is honestly, it's like, it's the ways I've been able to see how rich people have rigged the system. Totally. Because literally, you can have a parking ticket that costs 40 bucks. Mm-hmm. If you don't have 40 bucks right away, mm-hmm. you miss the first date, Yep, you get a fee. Then it's more. Then you don't have it. Plus Before, interest, plus the fine for plus not this. paying it. Yeah, Dude, it gets and crazy. A court fee once you show up. A late right. fee after that shows up in the mail after you do fucking pay it. And before you know it, you're in like a few hundred bucks. Oh, yeah. Probably more, especially if you have more than one. And like, it's just that classic thing where people with a little bit of money can mm-hmm. be lazy and just eventually get away with it. And people with not a lot, you're just eventually going right. to to like get fucked for it and get arrested proper arrested when i went to yeah. court for it finally without a lawyer because mm-hmm. i thought it's a parking ticket i went and uh it was going to be either 90 days in jail now we're talking jail time to which old crackhead bob from the record store said take the 90 dude you'll be the toughest guy in county <laughs> which if you've ever seen me is a pretty bad joke um, take, the take the 90 which no. is the name of one of thursday's publishing companies because they thought that really? was so funny it so take the 90 yeah, is, is like our <laughs> take the 90 um or nine thousand dollar fine jesus Christ. right and uh suspension for two years so for 10 12 years i didn't deal with it i finally got a lawyer and settled the whole thing for six hundred dollars it's crazy with a lawyer and once you have a lawyer they just you know, go in there talk yeah. to the prosecutor and they're like, huh, isn't this funny? This kid's been a scare for like 10 years. <laughs> but here's the last, how they fuck you. I went to get my license. I went to the DMV last week. I hadn't paid the fee to get my license suspended, reinstated. Mm-hmm. So I paid my fine. I paid everything. The court costs everything, but I hadn't paid like to have it unsuspended. The so I can't even take costs. my test. The reinstatement mm-hmm. costs. So I couldn't even take my, I couldn't even get my learners. I was there with like 16 year old kids on a line and they wouldn't let me take the written test, which by the way, when I studied, I kept failing because they've changed so much. I think I would probably fail if I had to take it now. Where do you hold the, where do you hold the steering wheel? I mean, the the classic answer is 10 and two. Nine and three now. Nine and three. Because of airbags. Oh. oh. Blow your arms off, man. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's cool. Wow. Yeah, that's interesting. Stuff like okay. That. Little, little, the little things. Yeah. So I studied up, went, and they were like, you can't take this test. You haven't paid your. I, like, oh I think God. in the years I've driven, well, I'm 36. I started driving, as so I've been driving 19 years. I think the amount of time I've had a valid license, registration, insurance, and inspection all at the same right. time, I don't know if I ever have. <laughs> I don't know. I still I don't, don't know, know if right. I ever. I drive my kid around and shit. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> <In> my, <laughs> right, right. Like, 
The kid doesn't know. No, I'm just kidding. This is so hard, you know? I also drove a tour van around with uh-huh. a fake inspection sticker. That's sick, dude. For a long that's time. fucking that was that's punk as hell. But that was scary. Dude, Jonah remembers me driving with no license out of Chicago, like a bat out of hell, cranking Jesus on the stereo, because everybody was hammered except for me, the guy with no license, yeah. just driving in Chicago on the highway, like, woo! That's always a real responsible move. Let's everyone get drunk except Jeff is the only guy without a driver's license. Yeah. And then Dude, it's like, those are my we- favorite moments on tour. Because I'm like, fuck yeah, I'll drive. I'll be responsible to drive. <laughs> it's me. Yeah, punch in the ceiling. My big time. My time to shine. Yeah. yeah, at some point you just got to be like, all right, let's just, we don't have other options. Because it's the least worst thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not great. Like, if we had been pulled over, it would have been like, you don't have a license, these guys are hammered. Like, we probably all would have gone to jail. When Thursday was in a van. Uh-huh. I was who, driving. You were driving? Did you Lion see Green shit? Room? The yes. horror movie Green Room? No. Oh, dude. Oh, you gotta, you gotta see, see it, it, dude. It's, no. it's a horror it's movie about favorite. a band on tour. A punk band oh, on tour. Oh, I heard about Patrick that. Patrick Stewart's in it. Yeah. Okay. It's killer. It's fun. It's it really opens good. with a scene where they fall asleep and drive into a cornfield. Oh, God. Happened to Thursday. So, like, we met the director once, and I was like, oh, my God, where'd you get that story? And he was like, it happened to my band. I was like, oh, I guess it happens wow. to like half of us out there with no sleep. Were you just driving? Like, yeah. Wow. But this is the worst part that happened is that I, ha- I had just gotten a really nice camera with like film. Uh-huh. So when I stranded us in the middle of a cornfield at like four in the morning with no gas, I just got out and started taking pictures of the guys as they woke up and were like, where the fuck are we? <laughs> So I have all these pictures of them being like, what? Yeah, I have them at my parents' house. And then them being like, thanks. Like, you know what I mean? Like, what is this? Some kind of psychological experiment? (laughs) Like, strand us in a cornfield and take our picture as we realize how screwed we are. You tell me Tucker didn't drive a lot? You can't wear sleeveless denim vests without driving a lot. That's just not He he drove a lot. Tucker did. Tim did. I can imagine. We all kind of did. Tom didn't a lot at first. Steve did a lot because of control issues. Um, <laughs> when he hears this he'll be like fucker yeah, yeah it's yeah. true it was actually ironic i randomly got a text from steve padula this morning unrelated he's the best unrelated a producer on one of his sets was wearing a gaslight hoodie and he, nice. had, to, he had to send me a picture of it uh-huh. and he said he was doing a sizzle reel yeah those and are good. i said i don't know what a sizzle reel is but it reminds me of the sizzler Oh, I loved Sizzler. And I like that place. Yeah. Sizzler's good. It's very salad good. Salad bar, back yeah. in the day. I don't think I did this. You know what my salad bar no? was back then? I was such a shitty little kid with vegetables. Uh-huh. If we went to a place with salad bar, I had half a plate of baby corns and half a plate of cottage cheese. My Sizzler had chicken <laughs> wings and soft what? serve ice cream. What? For the salad bar. Man, North Jersey. North crazy Jersey. up there. Killer. Did you guys ever go to that place, Hometown Buffet? Oh, yeah. yeah there was one in Edison. I went That was the only one I've ever been yeah, to. Yeah, number one. Yeah. I Chris once. Ross's favorite place <laughs> to eat. He took me there. He took me there. I had like a traumatizing experience there as a kid. I remember going with my whole family. I was in high school. It was like me and Vanessa. I can't wait for this. And I remember trying to like walk around and get stuff. And it was like... I, like, don't do well with, like, fluorescent lights. Like, I don't do well in, like, department stores and stuff. <laughs> Wait, what do you mean I have you picture don't proof do well? of some of this. Like, I like just, do you get it, a tick? It, it kind of wilts. It makes me anxious. Yeah. It, I can't relax. I'm on <laughs> edge. And it's the light. It's that lighting. And, mm-hmm. like, in this place, it was just these, like, troughs of food and all these people. 
and it was the lighting and the carpet and i remember going like sitting down at the table my parents have been like i I gotta get out. Like I can't handle this. Yeah, and I think they're being like, uh, like, just go eat something. You're like, and, but I remember, I, and I like never went back. And I remember, like, I couldn't go back. I had this full on like, it just really freaked me out. Wow. I'm just remembering that club we played in Massachusetts where you like sat on the curb, and the car turned oh, on its yeah. headlights. What's like that I can't story? handle this what either. I went. We were we were recording the was. Kurt, we're recording the Nevermind the Bombing 7-inch. God City? At God yeah, City, City. Cool. in yeah. Salem. And we went, Doom Riders were playing. Mm-hmm. Nice. And it, at the time was me and Ben and Lucas. And I'd gotten super stoned. And remember, we got going to the Doom Riders show. And I mean, I, I was there too. Jeff was there too. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I remember walking in and being like, so stoned that I was like, just pull out. I had like a ten dollar bill in my house. Like, just pull the money out, hand it to the guy, <laughs> walk incredible. in, act normal. You've done this a million times. Don't be weird about it. <laughs> right. like, this is not going on my head, and I'm like, uh, so I do it. <laughs> I do it. I pull it off. I pay for the show. I pay for the show, dude. Paying for the show was like to me like like cracking a safe. This sounds like, like an altered state of drug abuse. <laughs> it was. Yeah, that's the best skit yeah. ever. By the it, way, it was. Like I was like robbing Fort Knox levels of skill I needed to do this. So I do it, I go in, I wait for like But I, let me tell you from the outside there was a little bit of like, I don't know, is this right like the right amount of money? Like you know what I mean? Like when he takes out like yeah. the ten, it's like, I don't know, is this okay? Like it's like, yeah, that's how you pay to get in. Like, I don't know. No, do you not want it? Like because the guy didn't like take it right away. Yeah, it was so I watched a couple songs and then I went outside and just sat on the sidewalk. And it was at that place, Great Scott. Have you been there? Great I don't Scott, think so. Yeah. Um it's like it has kind of like an outdoor area but kind of like fenced in so you can like sit outside the tables and drink but you can't really but you can see you're right by the parking spots so i'm sitting on the curb and i'm just sitting there for hours just staring into the lights of this fucking jeep or something no but it was like sitting there not nobody was in it and then right yeah so everyone can sort of see me but i'm sitting there and then someone gets in the jeep jeep. he's sitting like on the parking space like the the curb that the jeep is pulled in against you know and the lights turn on and it just blew my mind to be behind him seeing it was like they tried to put me in in the car at one point that didn't work and i made them roll down the windows because i was like if you put me in this car with the windows i'll I'll suffocate yeah he was was like a small child and a dog i was like there's no oxygen in there and they're like it's fine jonah and i'm like yeah but it's a sealed up right this is a death trap like yeah so it cracked the windows oh it was a good time we had a good time (laughs) <laughs> yeah that was i mean i wouldn't i don't know if it was like a good time for me no, probably not good story though good story good time for us yeah i'm sure it's yeah. a good time for everyone yeah. else uh, i felt bad though because i don't i can't marijuana and i don't go well together yeah at all. you're never much what? of a smoker no, yeah. no i mean i get bad i get like everybody's like, this was also like he used to smoke is- when he used to because i had at the time when jeff was in new brunswick mm-hmm. i had a pretty crazy house in highland park mm-hmm. with some Great of my house. friends yeah. that jeff would randomly appear at every once in a while to come get wasted with us because that's what we did there yeah. and <laughs> it was it was always nice. more of a drinker but yes yeah more of a drinker though i always remember that this house we were right across the street from a quick check in highland park and we had some serious weed smokers in the house. Yes. There was a very cool older black guy who was the manager at the place. His name was John. 
John was very chill. He thought we were really funny. Um, we'd come yes, in like you guys were red as the devil's dick, yeah. you know, and, and yeah. this and that. And one night I come in there, it's like three in the morning. I asked for two, uh, Dutchies, Dutch mm-hmm. masters yeah, for people who don't know. They are cigars. And John, John goes, <laughs> man, you guys, we, we don't have any more. You guys bought us out of them. <laughs> and I'm like, what? He's like, he's like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you know. I'm like, yeah, we play cards over there. We smoke a lot of cigars. He's like, yeah, you smoke them when you take the tobacco out. <laughs> and then he was like our wasn't, boy for Wasn't years. nearly as tolerant a time about that either. No, he no. was pretty hip to it. Yeah. And we nearly convinced him to run a zip line from our house <laughs> to the side door of Quick Check with a bell where we were just going to send orders and throw two two extra bucks cash with everyone. Yeah. We negotiated this for years. Yeah. I tried to get it, but but it didn't work. Yeah. But the, those days were, was a good time. Those were nice times. Those were good days, man. They were. We had it made. We yeah. Did. We didn't know. You know what? You know what people have asked me, Jeff, which is, is funny, is like when that was going on. Like mm-hmm. everything in New Brunswick, especially mm-hmm. since, you know, even prior to that, there had been oh, yeah. a good long Great history culture. of New Brunswick yeah. basement shows and music. And it was like what I knew and it felt normal. I was mm-hmm. like, this must happen in every town and every oh, city wow. in America. I was like, this is going oh, no, on I everywhere. Like that. That's yeah. what I thought. Yeah. And then like I got older and I started leaving and started touring. Mm-hmm. And really that was when I got to be like, wow, like what we were all up to then was like really cool incredible and like really the unique. spirit of it everything about yeah. it you know there is there is nothing <clears throat> capitalist about it at any point like, we're i mean man i remember that like we would cook dinner for every band they would stay at our house mm-hmm. like bands that didn't play our basement would stay at our yeah. house you know that's how i knew the at the driving guys they played right. with knapsack for like four people yeah, yeah, yeah. at the melody bar yep. and we were like you can come back and stay with us you know what i mean it was just that yeah. kind of feeling like just come stay with us i mean do you think that that still exists somewhere Totally. Yeah. I think it's it has to. It's got yeah. to. I, I always hear people taking this self-righteous outlook about it in their 30s. And I'm like, you know what? Like, none of those motherfuckers are at these shows. Right. So there's probably a good chance that this is going on and I just don't really yeah. know about it. You know? Right, like, right. I really think so. I do. I know in New Brunswick specifically, things are harder um, yeah. than they were at the time. I mean, because... <laughs> the pre-gentrification New Brunswick at that time. Yeah. When you were in certain areas of New Brunswick, you just didn't get fucked with. Man, you know, where all. we were all like, the way down... So just yeah. smack this mic. Where we were all the way down Somerset, yeah. like, they did not care. Like, once you were out of the little college yeah. bubble of New Brunswick, the rest was whatever the fuck you guys wanted to do. And then when things started spreading around New Brunswick and it got a mm-hmm. little more gentrified, they started really cracking down on it. I mean, it's the worst double standard in the world, too, because you can have 30 kids watching music in a basement or, like, 300 in a frat drinking themselves yeah. blackout drunk and assaulting people. And yeah. it's just like... And that's okay. That's yeah, that's fine. It's totally acceptable. But art, oh, God forbid there should be any art. You I know, know what I mean? It's like, I know. It's a tough town. But it, it, it's, it's like that everywhere, though. Like, they were talking about, like, um, the amount of uh, taxpayer dollars going towards securing Trump Tower... Right. Eclipses the National Endowment for the Arts by like some absurd. I mean, we don't put any value no, on art in no, this society no. at all. That's something I actually I, I meant to ask you. Um, 
And it's something that came up in the last interview is where, like, you know, I know you're active politically and you like to talk about it. And sometimes I feel like when I'm on Twitter saying something political or something like this, that I'm I'm just screaming into a vacuum. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm yelling at like a whole bunch of people who already basically think like me. They're reading the same opinions from people who study this professionally and stuff like that. And that I do feel like the powers that be currently are actually guiding the conversation to Twitter and social mm-hmm. media because that's where they want it. Mm-hmm. That's where people feel like they have a voice totally. when they actually have no voice. Like, which makes what you guys do with the United Nations or something like that seem more vital to me and maybe the path to go. Where I'm, I'm starting to meet, like, where does art meet activism? And, like, where's the line where, like, it can be taken seriously and not just as art, where mm. it can actually be seen as political and actually, like, make a difference? Or do you think it's possible? Like, <sighs> That's a great question, but it's, I mean, I don't know if there's a real answer to it, but the way that I've thought about it for me and Jonah, you know, as, as a member of a, a very political band in UN uh, may have his own answer that that might be totally different. Um, but I've always thought that the most important place for politics now in the country is, uh, and, and it can feel like screaming into a void, but to let somebody vulnerable know that they're not alone. Um, even if you're preaching to the choir or whatever, just let them know, like you have people that feel the same way as you and we're not afraid. Mm. Um, I think that's really important. Um, as far as like what UN does and what we had, what we had, what we have done up to this point, I think there's a certain amount of um, like you have to acknowledge that the whole thing is a farce. It's insane. Like, so I think one of the important things always was like always taking yourself with a grain of salt too. You know, laughing at yourself, being like, how stupid is it? That these guys with guitars are like making a statement right um that was always important to me with un you know and then you know, i'd be interested to know well i right. think you know one difference that we have mm-hmm. is especially on twitter like i noticed you will engage with like what you would call a troll or mm-hmm. someone who is s- sort of baiting you like limitedly I, though limitedly yeah. but i i won't even i won't i'll i'm block i'm just done and I think that's interesting because I feel like you try to have like a real dialogue with these people. And I feel like it's... I used to. I don't used anymore. To, now okay. I now I just tell them like in five quick steps or whatever why they're totally full of shit. Just so that whoever is watching just sees that they don't have to be afraid. Like mm-hmm. that's the only reason why I engage at all. And the other day I had one in real life like where I was at Dunkin' Donuts and there's like little old lady next to me and she was like... um, can I get a baker's dozen? And the uh, people working there were like, what? Like, oh. What's a baker's dozen? Like, and I was like, oh, it's sort of like, I was like, don't worry about it. It's an old it's fashioned an old thing, thing, whatever. And then she's like, but I got to I got to shop here. Cause Starbucks is hiring only illegal immigrants from now on. And I was like, oh ma'am, I'm sorry. Somebody is lying to you, but like they are, they are hiring some refugees, but like, don't you think, cause she had a cross. I was like, don't you think it's our Christian duty to take care of people that need help? She's like, 
our people need more help and Starbucks isn't hiring Americans anymore. And I was like, that's a, that's not true. That's a lie. Yeah. Somebody's lying to you. And Americans aren't Christians, dear. Right. Like I like, was like, <laughs> <laughs> but like, I noticed that like on Twitter, I'll just be like, fuck you, fuck you blocked. Right. But in real life, I still have to at least try to appeal to their better natures, people's yeah. better natures. Right. And if they don't agree with me, say, Hey, I still respect you. I hope you'll think about it. That's so all but I, I do. I, mean, I, I feel conflicted because I think I I won't engage with those people, but I do think like I also don't agree. Like I feel like all this stuff that happens on like like these Milo riots, all this stuff. I do feel like there should be dialogue. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like everyone should be allowed to talk. Totally. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that it it's like slippery slope like when you it just is. want to shut down anyone with a different opinion like i don't support hate speech i don't support any of that stuff but right. i do think that like you can't just yell at everyone to shut up who doesn't agree with you because you're just going to end up giving them more power well and we're not ever talking about precedent anymore right it's like if it's okay for us to do this to these people then like you know what i mean like it yes. just keeps getting worse and worse where it's like you know, it's going to be, tables are going to be turned. Right. You right. know, like, and then they're going to be allowed to do X, Y, and Z to you. Like, nobody ever thinks like that you anymore. In the face. Yeah. yeah like, exactly. It's, 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 it's really, it's just, I think it's so hard for people to be objective. Like, people are so passionate and so in it. Mm-hmm. It's hard to step outside and be like, is this exactly what I think you're right. Do? No, I think you're absolutely right. And I think one of the things I've been asking liberal people I know lately is, okay, I understand what you're saying. What's your end game here? Like, with your current attitude about the way you're thinking about things, basically either the end game is civil war or a military coup. I'm like, do you want either of those things to happen? And if not... I I think that's a pretty reductionist view of it. I mean, no, I'm talking about the people with a previously reductionist view already. Like, somebody who is so far... um, Hardline left and reactionary like Jonah's talking about where you're like, that person did what? Fuck you. Right Right off. Fuck you. This is us. This is them creating this line and creating this space. Mm -hmm. Those people. Mm -hmm. Um, And the problem I've been having with it is I I had the same thing on Twitter. I I would engage people all the time Mm -hmm. and I found it. I stopped doing it because my success rate was so low. Right. In seriously, like, in like, cause you can't talk to people that are like, don't yeah, want to be talked to in having yeah. like, there have been a few times on there that I had a very human exchange where I do feel like I got through to someone and someone got through to me and we're both in a better place because of it, right. at least in the grand scale politically. But how few times that's happened mm. and how many times the opposite has happened has kind of created a a thing where I want to stop trying, especially when I'm like trying to watch my kid or like be something like that. And I'm fucking half checking my Twitter Mm. with some Mm -hmm. asshole I've Mm -hmm. never met before trying to convince them to be a better person. I'm like, whoa, 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 stay here. Yeah. What do I stay? Stay in my place here because, because this person shouldn't mean this much to me. Right. And no is like a powerful choice that you can make every day. Like, no, I'm not going to spend time on this asshole. Cause like, I got a kid or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's yeah. a lot better stuff you could spend on. I mean, I, yeah, it's so, it's so hard because I have a lot of respect for different viewpoints. I think I have always kind of admired John McCain for different things. I disagree with him on almost everything, you know, but we both love this country for different reasons. 
we both like think checks and balances are important, like stuff like that. Like, you know, my grandfather fought in World War II. Like, I owe him a tremendous debt of gratitude. And he's like a he was a seriously conservative person, but I knew that he was very consistent in his beliefs, that he believed in states' powers and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Stuff that's like, well, I don't know. I yeah. think like we should all be protected by the federal gut, blah blah blah. Whatever. You know, we disagreed. Mm-hmm. That's not what's going on now at all. Yeah, yeah. yeah right? right. It's You're like right. it's not. The two-party system's like imploding on itself. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. And I think what's going on now, and I'm I'm seeing, I'm seeing a lot of people from the left do I think what we're all doing, which is like, all right, we had this like reactionary period. Now, what the fuck is going on? Right. What's the actual best method? What's the the real path that you could take? Like, I'm not emotional anymore because I've been emotional mm-hmm. for so fucking long already mm-hmm. about this as long as the campaign was going on mm-hmm. and now everything we have now i'm i'm thinking rationally i'm thinking practically like yes if i look hard enough i'm gonna find a fucking nazi on twitter mm-hmm. yeah every morning i could go on there and within six swipes of an arrow i could find a fucking nazi if i wanted to mm. it's not that hard you know but is that actually yeah. going to do anything nazis existed the whole eight years obama was there you know, we were at war the whole time Obama was there. Like, I, the reason I brought this question up was because I feel like something like what UN does mm-hmm. is maybe the best outlet these days. And a bunch That's of interesting. us. Like, I mean, Jonah and I have had very different viewpoints on this in the last couple months, but in a way that I think is super positive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think like, it, it actually sort of brings up what's great about a band like you and that like it's not meant to be one person's mouthpiece forever where they get to like spout off their political views like we can pass it around a little and have some different viewpoints and stuff um you know i was feeling so demoralized by the sort of like trump era that to me like making another joke out of something that's already such a sick joke to me felt just i just didn't have the spirit for it and sure. jonah and the rest of the guys are kind of like, now might be the most important time to do it like this. And so, like, we've been experimenting with kind of, like, seeing how to express that and who's best expressing that. And uh, I don't know. We're trying to do something that, no, like, I don't can't think of another band that's ever done um, with having different singers and different viewpoints and passing the mantle back and forth. So it's like... <laughs> It's super interesting. I, I don't know where we're landing on it yet. But. I don't either. I mean, I will. I you know, like I said, like we raised like whatever a thousand dollars with that song in inauguration day, and it's like it's cool. But I I feel the same way you do. Like you're like, well, we shouldn't be doing Twitter. We should be raising actual funds. And then I'm like, yeah, we raise us money, but like these organizations are great. But is it going to really do anything? I know. Like you know, like I don't know where it go. I don't you know like. I, I don't know. So I, the answer is like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, like you yeah. can only do so much, and then I agree you with you. Know. Yeah, we're so far off the map, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, none of us have to know. We just all have to care and try. I feel like right. That sounds right. so corny. God, I can't believe well, it. This, no, is like, this is like me in therapy. <laughs> like, the therapist is like, "Well, this, this, this," and I'm like, "Yeah, you're right. What do I do about it?" <laughs> right, like, totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I know all these things I need to work, but like, how do you change that stuff? Like, I don't, it, I don't know. Well, these are these are the parts that I think that that are interesting in the way that like you know if you asked two years ago if you asked most of the people you know who's your who's your congressman who's your local representative 
When does your city council meet? Like, when do these things happen? What are they voting on this? What are they voting on that? Nothing. Who gives a shit? Nothing. Which is probably the reason we're in this position, partially. And, like, the idea that people are re-engaged... That's beautiful, It's something, you know, it is something, like... I'm trying to find the hope in this. No, I think you're right. I mean, I do think that there is like a, it's the rest of us who've been so complacent about like, yeah, it sucks. But what can you do? It's politics. Like everybody's like, no, no, this isn't okay. Mm -hmm. We have to stand together. Like there's something about that. It's fucking amazing. You know, I was trying to fly on the day that all the protests were going on at the airport. (laughs) I got stuck there 14 hours and my flight got canceled the end of the day. I was like ready to hang myself. But like, It was beautiful to see. It didn't matter. It was so beautiful to see. Like, people give a shit again. You know, that's something. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Thank you to Jeff for coming by. Um, Obviously, uh, check out Thursday if they come through your town. Um, Check out Jeff is another band, Narcs. Jeff always has like 18 things going on. I would say the best way to to keep up with him is to follow him on Twitter. By the way, if you feel left out, like you don't know half the bands that Jonah, Benny, and Jeff talk about, you're not alone. Really? Do we talk about some obscure bands? You guys always like, well, Benny and Jeff like go back to like Jersey Jersey. stuff. So they they list stuff and you're just like, yeah, I'm cool. I was there. (laughs) Steven knows. Stephen. Yeah. The (laughs) The Jersey punk scene is, there's a lot. There's a lot going on there, and it's especially during that era. Um, I, I don't, I mean, even Cleveland, I didn't know who any of those bands were really. So, and I'm sure a lot of those bands today are like, wow, people are talking about us. That's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, what else is awesome is giving us money. That would be great. Uh, if you want to give us money, the easiest way is to go on Venmo. They're not going to take any fees out like those jerks at PayPal. Yeah, fuck those guys. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> you can Venmo us at Off Track. Uh, O-F-F-T-R-A-C-K and that'll go to Brad Worrell uh, shout out to Ed from Beach Slang thank you for donating 69 cents um, <laughs> that's, that's really helpful <laughs> uh, 69 huh Ed <laughs> really? I'll remember that see you at Ride Fest my friend really nice that's Please. Really so if you see if you see Ed the bass player in Beach Slang uh, please give him shit uh, <laughs> about giving us 69 cents give him a very hard time um, just her- <laughs> harass him uh you can throw stuff at him when he's playing uh just be a total jerk to him but but do it in a loving way if you want to be really specific say how how come you can't remember the bass line from want by jawbreaker i can play that bass yeah be very specific is that is that a reference to something you saw yeah, I went to see them, and they just played a whole bunch of Jawbreaker songs. I was like, oh, can you play Want? And then they played Boxcar, and he looked out and went, I'm sorry, I forgot the baseline. Come on, dude. Come on. Unprofessional. Um, but no, seriously, thank you, <laughs> thank you, Ed. We'll take any donation. My uh, God, we will. Thanks to everyone else who's donated. Um, you, if you don't have money, that's cool. You can leave us a review on iTunes. Tell your friends about the podcast. Um, subscribe. Subscribe. And thank you to Pulse Music. Pulse Music. Um on West 29th Street, um, if you want to do a session. For all your audio recording yeah, if needs. Yeah, if you think this podcast sounds good, um, wait till you see the studio. <laughs> I feel like I sound like Vanessa like doing a weird character. Uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, 
Thanks to that's the most meta thing you've ever said. Thanks to Pulse. Thanks to Jeff. Thank you very much to Jeff for for being so candid and coming by and and talking about you know all this. Oh my God, you talk about everything. All this stuff that you don't hear about that much. And we'll be back next week with with some more great podcasts. So uh, yeah, keep listening. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.